When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Oye, mi gente, if there's one thing we love doing here at Pero Let Me Tell You, it is celebrating our Cuban culture. And that's why we're happy to tell you that Cuba Nostalgia is back in 2022 for its 23rd year. That's right, Cuba Nostalgia. A celebration of the richness of Cuban culture, history, and tradition is back May 21st and May 22nd at the Miami-Dade County Fairgrounds. Come experience the art and exhibits, like recreations of classic Cuban landmarks like El Museo de Bellas Artes and El Tropicana, and of course, you know, there's food and Cuban cocktails. I mean, have you ever known Cubans to have an event without comida y trago? <laughs> oh, and we almost forgot, there's also free concerts every day. Así que get your tickets today. Just visit cubanostalgia.org to make sure you don't miss out on Cuba Nostalgia May 21st and 22nd. After all, it's more than an event. It's a Cuban experience. Hey everyone, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 5 of Pero Let Me Tell You. artist, sculptor, multimedia, you know, maven, I don't know. He's I'm sitting here in his living room and I'm looking around and everything is so damn beautiful. Alexander Mijares, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you for having me. Dude, I got to tell you, you're one of those people that when we first started the show, you were on my radar mm -hmm. to get for the show. Awesome. Because your artwork, I mean, it sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your ass. <laughs> I'm not. I promise. If I didn't like your artwork, I would not have asked you to be on the show. Um, there's just something about it that I just love, like the, the, the energy, the flow, the colors. And then I, I read that you are self-taught. Yeah. I, uh, That's insane to me, dude. Yeah, it was super weird because um, I used to doodle as a, as a kid, like in my classrooms and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm 37 right now. So when really? I was, wow. Yeah. When you I must was, moisturize because <laughs> you look phenomenal, sir, with a big old bushy head of hair. I drink a lot of water drink a, and I eat a lot of meat. Well, there, <laughs> I feel like one of those is not recommended, but I'm going to leave it up to the listeners. Um, so I, I used to doodle like in all my books. And I mean, I think like in fifth grade, I drew King Titan or Triton or whatever, like the whole mermaid, like freehand. Uh -huh. um, but that was my thing. And back then... You know, they didn't really know, or maybe some people did, but they really didn't really emphasize on like learning disabilities and whatnot. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was a very visual learner at, I think the age of like 10 or 12, I tested um, at the capacity of a 21 year old as far as visual, um, like reading and, and, and I guess like 
I, I, basically, I can walk into a restaurant and I can literally step out and I can tell you who wears where, what color shoes, what they were wearing, like hats. Like oh wow, I, you have like a like a what is photographic it? Uh, memory. Thank you. Yeah. I was gonna say didactic, but yeah, photographic. So I was very like visual like that mm-hmm. at a very young age, but in the classroom, you know, they would try to teach, and of course, if you don't know how to teach someone who has a learning disability, mm-hmm. you just think that they don't know what's going on and they're distracting the class. Yeah, the kid's <clears throat> slow. Exactly, yeah. so I just couldn't figure out, like, or I just, the way they were teaching wasn't my style, so I just, I wasn't getting it, so what do I do? I started doodling in my books. If you look at right. all my old school books, literally everyone had a mustache or I drew hair on them or a leg, like, or just doodled <laughs> on all, basically, so I looked like I knew what I was reading, you know, and. <laughs> And at least you weren't being disruptive, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But they called me because then the people were looking at me while I would doodle. So I was being disruptive. So then they would throw me out of the classroom. Okay. And basically, I spent most of my middle school like in a hallway. Oh, Jesus. What schools did you go to? Dave Christian. No. <laughs> uh, and the problem is, is that they, you know, they, I, they, I guess they didn't even know what I was doing, like affecting, but like my basic grammar, mm-hmm. it's gotten better now. But basic grammar and basic math is horrible really? because those are the ages they would teach them in, and I lived in the hallway. <clears throat> yeah, you just you just weren't there for the yeah, lesson. I was amazing at science and cutting stuff open and frogs and stuff that it required my hands and being interactive. I was very good at. So you're very tactile. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward like to like college, and I am no longer. Well, that was a great hallway classroom. If you got to college, yeah, uh, I'll I say. It. I mean, you learned something in the hallway. <laughs> I did a lot of cheating. <laughs> uh, seriously. <laughs> But you're a successful artist now, and so that's no, behind you. They, 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 you know, I was, I had a lot of street smarts, and right. one way or another, I had to get by. Mm-hmm. Whether I had to, you know, I had to make, I had to make it work for myself. Right. You know, Figure whether I had to cheat, uh, you know, or, or steal exams or look over my someone's shoulders, it was just to get me to the next step. Because mm-hmm. we live in an age where, unless you have a diploma, you're an idiot. But yeah. I, the best education I had was having older friends who, you know, basically, you know, like mentors or, or uh, people like my dad had a guy who, you know, I think my dad went, didn't go to college, but he was, he always says he grew up a school hard knocks. Like, right. you know, he had mentors who were older than him who taught him everything. Mm-hmm. Like you get kids now and you're like, do you know how to, you know, how to reconcile your bank account? No, I know. Like. So like DeSantis doing that thing now where he's like putting it mandatory. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. I actually gave props for that because like that God knows amazing. I disagree with many things about his policies, but that one I am done with. Like yeah. Yeah, you should know how to balance a checkbook. Exactly. Yeah, you should. Like, <laughs> call me wacky. Yeah. But yeah. So you now I get to high school. I'm I'm finish up high school. Whatever. I uh, somehow or another. Couldn't cheat on my SATs, but I was able to get a good enough score. But I think I had a really good essay. So I got into Northeastern in Boston. Oh, shit. There. Nice. It was a great school. Yeah. It's very hard to get into now. Okay. Was that on the hallway scholarship? Is that, it was yes. the hallway okay, scholarship. Okay, got it. Got it, yeah. So I get there, and, you know, while I'm there, you know, I, I'm doing what kids do in college. You know, you're drinking, and that's around the time that Netflix and Blockbuster were both together sending DVDs in the mail. So, you know, we're chewing tobacco, like, watching movies on Netflix because it's 30 degrees outside, yeah. 40 inches of snow, like... And you're from Miami. <laughs> and Miami. So, yeah, no. I had never seen, like my body matched my ass like it was the same color <laughs> i hadn't seen that since i never ever like ever. you didn't know that could happen i used to go to tanning booths in boston because i was so white i didn't recognize myself but i thought it was sick they're huge like, <laughs> no legit like in the midwest and, yeah. and everything when when the, my, you know the co-host darian he lived in in Lan- east lansing because that's where he went to law school yeah. He was like, I didn't realize tanning salons was such a thing. Yeah. He's like, because, yeah, back here where we live. No, that's where you we're. You sit outside. <laughs> yeah, you sit outside. You just, go, just walk to your car. <laughs> exactly. You'll be fine. So, you know, I'm, I'm in Boston there. And like I said, I'm just being a college kid. You know, we're going out, going to parties. Mm. Discovering never, yourself, discover as we myself. say. Yes. I never did the fraternity thing, but whatever. I was doing school. I wanted to go to law school, actually. Oh. Or my mom wanted me to go to law school. Um, I realized that was a short-lived dream when I would pick up a magazine and all I looked at was the pictures. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I don't read books. Like that's not what I do. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I do audiobooks, okay. but I, I don't, I don't read. That's not my. Mm-hmm. Like I, you don't find me on the beach with a book. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that is ridiculously boring. I'd fall asleep in five seconds. So I don't do any of that. Um, <laughs> so I'm in Boston being a college kid, and after about three and a half years, 
I was like, I just can't, I can't do this cold anymore. I need to be on the water. Like, mm-hmm. so I pack up my bags, I move back to Miami and I finish with a business degree. Okay. Um, in, so I canceled the whole law school thing. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you like, so what was the, <laughs> I was doing a history major cause okay. my college counselor told me that would be good that or like social science or whatever the hell it's called. So right. I went the history. Right, yeah. And I realized I hated history, but apparently it was like the thing that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <clears throat> so I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm North, or sorry, I left Northeast. I came back to Miami and while in Miami, <clears throat> my mom's like, look, you know, your brother's a doctor, like, you know, okay, why don't you do some further education and get your master's? Okay. And I'm like, I gotta take another exam. Like for what? <laughs> like, there's no reason for me to get a master's. Like, so whatever I went to do my master's <clears throat> somehow or another uh, long story, but like. Somehow or another, I was able to get into the master's program, the executive MBA program. Okay. And, um, and it, I, I don't know, long story, but <laughs> so I got in there and I was the only one because of my GPA and everything. I had to maintain a very high GPA, which okay. I've never had in my life, but <laughs> <laughs> kind of besides the point. So because I was going to school at the executive MBA program, mm-hmm. I had uh, recently moved out and I was living on, uh, at 900 Biscayne, right in front of the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're very close to the campus. It's like yeah. it's by like downtown. So <clears throat> I'm living there, and I have my mom come over. She helps me, and she's like, "We're gonna go to El Dorado and furnish your whole place." And I was like, "Awesome!" They offer zero percent financing for two years. I'm like, <laughs> "I'll buy a bunch of crap that I can't afford, and then I'll pay it off <laughs> a little bit." In two years, we'll be fine. In two years, I'll pay it off. <clears throat> so. I, fr- I furnish everything, and as I finish everything, I'm like, "Wow." Uh, I need art. I ran out of money. I don't have any art. And, you know, I had enough to pay my rent for six months, but that's about it. No right. other things. So I, because I was spending the rest of my money on Soho House. <laughs> <laughs> As one does. <laughs> so I, um, <clears throat> I went to the store and I was like, okay, I can't find anything I like and everything I do like, it's, you know, nine, $10,000 and yeah. I, I can't afford that, whatever. And I'm not buying like, you know, artists off the street. Like I want something that's cool that I, I could relate to. So I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to the store right down the street and ID art was, it was called. And I mm-hmm. said, look, <clears throat> I need some stuff. I want to paint. So I bought some canvas. I bought a couple paintbrushes. Well, I think one paintbrush actually be exact and some paint. And I laid the canvas on the floor and I was like, all right. So this was like the raw canvas. It wasn't even mounted It wasn't or stretched, it was, nothing. It was, it was just a right. <clears throat> So I got the canvas. Like you, you know, you go to a museum and you look at the canvas and it mm-hmm. looks like the, you know, like the fabric side. Yeah. So whatever. So I laid the canvas on the floor and I started painting. And then... <clears throat> You hear everybody when they start painting, they're like, you know, it's so relaxing. I love doing this. I was like, this sucks. I hate it. <laughs> like, there's nothing fun about this. Like, I'm having a really hard time. Like, and I was just very persistent with it. I'm like, I'm going to finish this painting. And like, I didn't start small. Like, my first painting was, I think, 48 by 60. Coño. So it was a nice okay. size piece. Yeah. That's probably why you were like, screw this. Because. <laughs> yeah. So I start doing my thing and like you know I have a, a photograph of this girl that I kind of was seeing at the time and like I used that as the the inspo she was like mm-hmm. on a bicycle and I, I used it as the inspiration then I did like a cool background of like Spain I still have that painting mm-hmm. and after I finished I took it to a framer and I was like listen I want to have this thing stretched right so when I went to stretch it he was like he's like why you know did you have trouble painting this or like I don't remember the exact words but I was just like yeah, it was super, super difficult. He's like, why did you paint on this side? And I'm like, oh, shit. what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, do you paint on the side that wasn't primed? <laughs> he's, he's like, you bought a canvas primed, but you painted on the opposite side. And I'm like, that explains everything. So the reason why it was such a pain and so frustrating <laughs> is that, first of all, I painted on the wrong side of the canvas, technically. I mean, technically, it's the right side. It all depends what medium you're using, but for acrylic paint, it was the but wrong for side. for a novice yes. who's literally just like, this is the first time I'm ever going to do this. Let yes. me buy the biggest piece of goddamn canvas out there. <laughs> and now I'm also going to do it on the side that everybody should not be doing it. Yeah. I right? mean, because, it, you know, why not? It depends. What, I, I found this out later. Like, it depends what you're doing. But, like, back in the day, they didn't prime canvases. So when you go to a gallery, you saw that fabric looking yeah, yeah, yeah. You figure that's the side you paint on. So that was just... I don't think it was a, a, it was a, it was more, it wasn't a mistake, but it was just, 
a learning curve. Yes. So the reason why it was so difficult was because I would apply paint and then it would bleed. Yeah, of course. So acrylic paint is very watery. So I would yeah. draw a line. So that's what annoyed me. I would draw a line and it, the paint would end up over here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah but yeah. I didn't want it over here. I wanted it there. So as I applied layers and layers and layers, it's kind of self primed itself. So that. Yeah, but how many layers did you have to apply? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it was a lot. <laughs> so. Once I laughed at myself for that, then I went to the store and I was like, you know what? This was kind of fun. And I enjoyed it after the fact. I enjoyed the finished product. So I bought five or six like ready stretched canvases. Okay. Prime. <clears throat> the moment my paintbrush touched, I was hooked. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And, and you had never painted before <clears throat> that, really? No. Not, not really. No. Like I, when I went, I went to school in Gulliver for my high school mm -hmm. and when I wanted to, uh, enroll in like one of the art classes you know because like i knew i knew how to draw and <clears throat> well, drawing is one thing painting is another but i was very like skilled with my hands and like so when i wanted to apply to the drawing and painting class they were like oh you know i just <clears throat> you don't have any experience and i'm like we'll but put you in school. like we'll put you exactly well like we'll put you in like a a, a, a basics i'm like I know myself. You put me in a basics class, I'm going to run circles around these kids. I know, like, I doodle, like, you give me crayons, markers, I can draw, right. I'll draw anybody in this classroom. <clears throat> so I said, you know what? Forget it. I don't even, I'm not even going to do it. And again, it's high school. Calm down. Yeah. So it was really funny when they reached back month, or a couple of years later and they're like, <laughs> I want to put you in the cover of my, uh, the alumni magazine. Yeah. They're like, how did we help you? They're like, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> By telling me I couldn't do it, exactly. I was damn, I was going to prove you wrong, God exactly. damn it. But you know what, listen, I, I get it. You know, they have their thing. Um, so I ended up. Okay. That's okay. all right. That's Sorry. all right. That's his adorable son in the, in the background. No, he's so cute. <laughs> uh, so I ended up, you know, I went back to the store. I got new canvases, but I was like so hooked that mm -hmm. I literally walked in and the owner of the store, his name was Ivan. And mm -hmm. I was like, Ivan, listen. <clears throat> What does this brush do? He goes, this does this. I go, what does this brush do? It does this. So you really had no clue. No, like, no. My like, education was from the owner of a store where I walked in and I was like, what is it? He goes, this is for like fanning. This is right. for to do lines. Like I did my first probably 20 paintings using one brush that was probably a half inch thick. No, less than half inch thick and about like a quarter inch tall. Like, <clears throat> sorry. It was like a, a quarter inch by like a half inch. It was meant to do like more like filling in small and I, I use that to do all my paintings, like every single line, every, <clears throat> so like, I didn't know what I was doing, you know? So, but there's such a beauty to that though. Isn't there like, yeah. because looking back now, especially don't you, don't you look back and you're like, you know, if only, if only I knew then what I know now, but yeah. at the same time, oh, no, I you wouldn't I trade I it, I laughed, right? I laughed a, a lot, like internally at myself, but I was like, you know what? Like <clears throat> one thing I love about it is. I feel like if I would have went to an art school, mm -hmm. if I would have went to an art class, they would have started teaching you the certain ways, like those who can't teach kind of thing. Right. So, you know, when you go to an art school or an art teacher, yeah, she might be or he might be or whatever your pronoun is. Right. <laughs> yes, nowadays we have to ask, of course, yes. It. <laughs> they, them. It, yes. it might be, they might have their way of doing things, but doesn't mean it's the right way that's there's just it's the historical way of doing certain things and i'm like and as you can tell by my stories like i don't like being told what to do i don't like saying that i can't put green next to purple because right. you just can't do that in the color wheel well it worked for barney so what do they know <laughs> exactly yeah. so i was like you know what like if I go into art school or art class, they're going to start trying to put rules on what I want to do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> art is one of those things like poetry and singing. Like, you know, like it should be fun. It shouldn't be like, mm -hmm. don't you got to color inside the lines? Mm -hmm. Like why? But I think even there's even more freedom with, with art, <clears throat> specifically painting than you mentioned singing, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, a note is a note. Yeah. Like you have to be able to hit a note or else you're not singing. You're, you know, you're just yelling, right? Or you're auditioning for America's Or Talent. Well, <laughs> but enough about my background. Um, you know, but with art, yes, there's a, there's a way to teach the basics, I suppose. Yes. But at the same time, your style is different than my style is different than his style, yeah. than her style. So you're right it's almost like do you really have to go to school to, way, to learn so to speak the way i could the best i could describe it is like when i started doing sculptures mm -hmm. um i had a lady who 
was I went I went met with her many many times and I was learning how to do right. sculpt. But the way she taught was the way that I think all art should be taught, which is <clears throat> here's the utensils for art. Mm -hmm. Here's the paints. <clears throat> this is the way you hold a brush if you want to hold it like that. Right. Now, here's a canvas. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Go ahead and start. And if you have any questions, then ask. Right. That's how art should be taught. Right. And sculpting, so like, I'm assuming it's at least, you know, cut away. <laughs> so I would I started piling up the clay and I started kind of taking away stuff and I was like, listen, I'm trying to get like a more of a sharper edge. How do I do that? Okay, right. use this utensil and that'll kinda of help you know what I mean? So like right. that's the guidance that should be getting. Not like, <clears throat> okay, you're gonna draw this line, you're gonna color it like this, and you're gonna use this technique to do that. Like, right. no, 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 don't tell me how to do it. Yeah, because if you're Voltero, you don't care about a sharp line. <clears throat> exactly. Right. You know, or if you're any of these people, what's this guy who's, who just splash paint? Uh, hey, like, Pollock. Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like if you're given too much guidance, you end up looking like everyone else. So it's a lot harder. So like one of the biggest things that people ask me, <clears throat> Alex, what made you so successful in the art world? Besides the fact that I busted my ass, and when I, I will get into the galleries thing later, but the fact that I busted my ass, like <clears throat> I had a style that was technically recognizably mine within mm -hmm. a couple months of painting, where like you walked in, you're like, oh, that, that's Alex's piece. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's a Mihari, yeah. Exactly. So that's a hard thing to do Ooh. when you go to a school that gives you formal education, unless you're painting like hyper realism. Then you kind of look like everyone else. But that's the point. So, okay, you're fine. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you check those boxes. So, you know, like I love the fact that when I started, like <clears throat> my inspiration came from traveling where mm -hmm. I fell in love with stained glass. Like I would look at, go in these cathedrals that and makes watch. total sense though. Yeah, I'm looking you, at your pieces. <clears throat> so like if, you, if you're a listener and you're trying to figure out what my, my, my style is, picture stained glass that moves. So imagine like a Latino version of a glass. Imagine some salsa playing in stained glass movie. That would be my style. So <clears throat> I wanted something that had movement, which would bring my Latino culture, those, mm -hmm. the, the colors, which, you know, you would get from Obrita, like the, the stained glass. <clears throat> but there is beauty sometimes, like not so much in like quick graffiti, but like <clears throat> you go to like Spain and you see these like all the parcianas, the shutters, when they close them, mm -hmm. you know, they let artists do artwork on them. <clears throat> but so I see those kind of windward yeah, exactly. walls. Okay. But on the shutter, so when all the places are open, it looks beautiful and clean. But <clears throat> when it's closed, it looks like just like a street art blast. It's like a big ass street gallery. <clears throat> exactly. So I wanted to incorporate that. Even though I don't consider myself a street artist, I wanted to incorporate, it wasn't, I don't, maybe the street artist isn't the, the word, but like I wanted just movement. Like, and <clears throat> how do you portray that? Quick lines. How do you, what do you see a lot of quick lines? When people do like graffiti tags, it's like real fast. Yeah, but there's also a fluidity <clears throat> to your work. Like it's a lot yeah. of you know a, a lot of rounded shapes yeah. and and curves. Um, it's funny that, that you mention you know as as I'm thinking of it now. I don't know if you are old enough to remember the sitcom Good Times. Of course. Do you remember the Dynamite. artwork? Yeah. Do you remember the artwork <clears throat> that JJ? It was a real artist, but that JJ was supposedly creating. It's mm. it's especially the the beginning scene. It's similar to that in the sense that there's just a lot of movement. Yeah. Like every every piece is again, we're literally sitting here surrounded by his artwork, which is <laughs> phenomenal. It's just it's got energy. Yeah. There there's something even even things that are not moving, quote unquote, like and we'll get to, you know, the Cuba Nostalgia uh, Caridad Cobre, which traditionally <laughs> la caridad is very stagnant, right? Yeah. She's very static. But You've managed to give her movement, and I and I feel like it's it's playing off of the fact that you know she is with the ocean, so yeah. has the waves. But you've managed to like just bring that up into her, yeah. And and so yeah, no, that's and I will tell you when they unveiled it at the event at Mitzaye, <coughs> it was gorgeous, man. Like, thank you. It was. What's funny is that <clears throat> I've had so you know a lot of times when I first started, it was everything that I wanted to create. Then I guess as, as people felt comfortable with me and, and, and I created a name for myself, I had a lot more like commissions, requests. Can I do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And <clears throat> one of the ones that I had the most of was La Caridad del Cobre. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of the hand of Fatima, the, the mm -hmm. Hamza. Yep. And <clears throat> I think, yeah, those are the two that was like the most requested. Like That's pieces. so bizarre. You keep getting all these religious uh, yeah. iconography <laughs> requests. Super, super weird. Um, but, 
you know, as I started doing La Caridad, I started, you know, getting more research into it because I'm mm -hmm. like, listen, if I'm going to keep painting this thing, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I am, you know, <clears throat> you know, I have a, a Cuban American, mm -hmm. I, my family's from Cuba and Spain and whatnot, but like, I never, like, I mean, listen, there's hundreds of saints. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> there's, there's only so much you know about her. And what's crazy is that there's there's two versions of it. There's two, there's so many stories about her, and it depends if it was the Afro-Cubans or the other, you right. know, like, so <clears throat> there's a lot to take in. And then it's like, you know, which audience are you going for? Like, you know, is right. it, you know, the Afro or the, you know, but like, and it was just, it was, <clears throat> the, 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 it, it's like, it's almost kind of like that whole thing with like, uh, you know, when you talk about like Israel and then, and then you have like, uh, what's the other? Palestine. Palestine. Like, no, it's this. It, like, so it's like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I'm like, I was posting pictures. I'm like, I'm t getting baptized in Israel and all the comments, a lot of people are like, no, that's Palestine. Like, so same thing. Like when I painted like, oh, the blue version is this and, and then the red one's this. And <clears throat> so, but they, they didn't mean it like in a bad way. They right, were just like, just... which one is it? Which And I'm like, I had no clue. So I had to do a lot of research. So. Yeah, because they're going to ask you the question. Exactly. Yeah. So when I did this one, uh, when I when the Q and Astadia event asked me to do a poster, I'm like, what is something that's very typical? But you notice, you know, man, you go to all these Cuban festivals. What are the first thing they paint? A cafetera, a gallo, a bunch hey, of people dancing. The like, domino. <clears throat> the domino. Yeah. It's always the same things. Right. But in different ways, you know, or Cuban cars and what. And listen, I respect that. It's awesome. And some people right. have done beautiful, beautiful work. Right. And it is part of our and culture. And listen, that was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, right. I'll paint like a guy, for sure. That's what people are going to love. <clears throat> and then it was like, what about La Caridad? And I was like, but if I do La Caridad, I want to do it different. I want it like not the typical like yellow, like the gold with right. the big corona, like, you know, they're like, <clears throat> cause in my head, I'm like, what would I want in my house? Would I want that? No, but a, pop, a lot of people love that. So listen, I'll yeah, do but it. Then it's not you. But it's not me. So <clears throat> when I did this version, this was the first time that I didn't really define like the mm -hmm. outfit in the center and the cape and the whole mm -hmm. like, you know, thing, but it had all the items on there, but you kind of had to look for it. But once I finished it, what was weird is that <clears throat> it almost jumped off. Even though it's almost all blue, it was it was very clear on what it was, and it was very like just. Yep. And what's funny is when I finished it, I was not happy with it. I really, I, kinda, I looked at it and I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. It just maybe, uh, and I put it to the side, and I came back to the studio two days later, and it was dry, and it was just. And the lighting in the room happened to be perfect that day. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, like, this is awesome. Like, <clears throat> it wasn't done yet. It was, I, 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 these paintings, they do change once they dry. They be, yeah. literally become different pieces sometimes because of all the different colors and the textures. And there's oils and I mix it with acrylics. I mix all these different things. Oh, you're all, it's mixed media? Yeah. <clears throat> I started because I, I like the boldness and the thickness of the oils, but I like the... The, the quick like because I work very quick I hate sitting watching paint dry so like <laughs> I like doing like acrylic movements and then like accents with oils like these okay. big pigment sticks and then I can carve into the oils and put like a secondary design onto it <clears throat> so I love that whole aspect of it um, and it was just it, it came out awesome <clears throat> so much so that like literally within an hour or two of posting it on social media, not saying what it was for, because I didn't want to announce right. that yet, <clears throat> I had got an email and sold the piece. Shit. So, <laughs> like... Okay, <laughs> so apparently like, we're not the only one who liked it. So I was like, so I, 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 I said to the, the client, I was like, listen, <clears throat> um, I know you want to buy the piece, I right. just have to give you a little disclaimer. Like I have to keep it for a month, See, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, cause I got to showcase this beat. Oh no, 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 no worries. Do whatever you need to do. So I still have it. And what's good is that I get I'm to staring enjoy the, at it right now. I like, get yeah. to enjoy the piece. Cause there's a lot of paintings that I do that. I mean, I've sold pieces within 15 minutes of hitting social so media. So you finish it. It's out the door. <clears throat> so I, the only time I get to really enjoy it is while it's drying, but while it's drying, I usually like to keep it outside cause there's a lot of smell and just, yeah. you know, it depends if I'm doing oils and like I have a baby and whatnot and I don't want to like leave it inside. Like, so I let it outside to dry. Like, so I don't really get to spend a lot of time with it. And <clears throat> so like I see it and it goes and in a way sometimes it's good because like I don't get an attachment to it. <laughs> Um, because the more attachment I have, the more expensive it gets. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys know the minute he posts it online, you got to bid. You got to bid. If he's, if he's holding on to it too long, you're going to pay double or triple. Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of, you know, how the whole art thing got here. That's that's how I, you know, I got into Cuban nostalgia. But um, <clears throat> it's just funny you mentioned that because it, it is it. it if you're going to describe it again and uh, without doing it mm. justice, it's yes, it's blue on blue. Yeah. Right. It is, but it's not. Yeah. Like again, the <clears throat> second you unveiled it, I was like, Oh, it's like, I And there's not, it's weird. There's nothing there that's quote unquote recognizable as Canada Gore, yeah. but <clears throat> everything about it is recognizable as Canada Gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and what's cool is that when I first started, a lot of my pieces was <clears throat> the way I described it was, thousands of puzzle pieces or journal entries put in together when you step back it makes one piece i used to put <clears throat> all these paintings and stuff and i would hide things throughout the painting and some people would find it some people others but <clears throat> what's the cool thing about my artwork is that it's very open to interpretation so a lot of my paintings i don't put any faces almost all my paintings, no paintings nothing mm -hmm. so like when you look at it people will see things that i don't see or <clears throat> Perfect example, I, I did a butterfly the other day and this guy walked in here and he was like, man, like that is awesome. And I love how you put like f the fish in the wings. And I'm like, what fish in the wings? I'm like, I started looking, he's like, yeah, look, there's like a bass and you see it. And I'm like, now I can't unsee that. Right. <clears throat> Same thing with this, you know, this painting I have over here, this woman's holding a flower. I was showcasing it to these people of this show that's uh, an FX show about motorcycles and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And Mayans. Mayans. <clears throat> And she sees, she goes, oh my God, I love the painting of that motorcycle. And I look at it now and I'm like, now I can't unsee the motorcycle. <clears throat> but, sorry, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's funny how everything is, a lot of people interpret things a certain way, see things a certain way, but like, I love that. I, I, I don't like telling, there's certain collections that I do where it's very personal to me and mm -hmm. I write a whole caption for every single piece because I want people to feel and hear the story. But a lot of my paintings, <clears throat> I rather them tell me what they see before I explain to them what it's about and, and even the quote or anything that it's about. Right. <clears throat> the, like the story behind the piece. Right. Because, yeah, I think it's fun. I, I think it's fun to be able to see that. And, you know, the cool thing is also is with that, slowly a lot of people who have been following my career, they see the evolution of my painting. They see where I started, where it was very closed in and now a little bit more movement i used to go from corner to corner of the canvas like every square inch was covered in something <clears throat> then i started letting it breathe a little bit negative space goes a long way <laughs> exactly and that was very difficult for me very very difficult um to do that and i'd done some black and white collections i'd done some ballerina collections then i got into sculpting uh, <clears throat> what brought you about to get into sculpting because i you know it's a funny I, question i, I feel like <clears throat> artists may do you know may dabble in a lot of things right but they do have their one thing that's like no i'm gonna stick to this because but it sounds like you really like the sculpting thing really it, the bug bit you yeah i got into sculpting because i wanted to see what the ass of my paintings look hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like, literally the ass <clears throat> of your paintings? Literally. Like, I would do a painting, and I always wondered, you know, you get to see it from the front. I wonder what it would look like from the back. The only way to do that is <clears throat> sculpt. Right. Or you have to put two canvases together, you paint <laughs> on one side, and you try to mirror it on the other. That just sounds <clears throat> exhausting. So, I, that's how it all started. I wanted to see... I, I, I not only want I didn't want to only create my work in 2D I wanted to do it in 3 so <clears throat> the way I create my sculptures not all of them but when I most of them <clears throat> all the, the really important ones right. um, I do them in a way that from every angle you see something 
Okay. So, like, I have a Caridad sculpture, since we were talking on the topic of that, where in the front, you see the, the, the actual sculpture of La Caridad and the boat and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at it from the side, there's actually, out of her dress comes a conch shell. And then <clears throat> when you look at it from the back, it's a pair of hands praying with a chain going around the backside. And then if you look on the other side, there's like a wave breaking over. So You're really <clears> taking <throat> advantage of the, the, the three-dimensionality yeah, of it all. Because I don't want you to put my sculpture up against a wall. I want you to put it in the center of your house. I want it to be somewhere where you force people to want to walk around and see what's behind it. Right. Because <clears throat> what's the point of doing a three-dimensional object when you're only going to see w- one dimension? If I also buy a painting. Exactly. If I buy a painting. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> and all the sculptures I've done, uh, I started off doing a few like in stainless steel and whatnot um, mm-hmm. at my dad's uh, metal, uh, metal fabrication shop. That's where I worked during the day. And then, it, uh, and then I started doing uh, the bronze once I figured out how to clay sculpt, mm-hmm. which it's a lot more work, you know, because right. the old way when I first started, you know, you had to make it out of clay, you had to cook it, and if you didn't clean it out, it would explode. So imagine doing an entire sculpture and then having to hollow it out so you can cook it in this oven, and then <clears throat> you left a part that was a little bit ma- like masa, uh-huh. a little fat, and if it's fat, it'll crack and explode. I'd cry. <clears throat> so imagine you work weeks on this piece and if you don't know how to clean it out correctly and then you cook it and it explodes, you basically have to start from scratch. Now, technology's evolved. Now they have clay that basically you throw in the microwave for a couple minutes <laughs> and you can literally mold it okay. and then you, you literally go outside in the sun and you, it's, it makes it like kind of soft you can like, like Play-Doh okay. and okay. you can mold it, blah, 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 whatever you want. Then you let it sit inside and let it cool. Once it cools down after a couple of days, it gets hard enough where you can take your mold from it. So you don't have to worry about exploding. Now you don't have a clay mold oh. somewhere lying around that will fall and break. <clears throat> Once you're done taking the mold, you can grab that clay. And a lot of these guys, they put in rice cookers. You can literally put it back in a rice cooker so it melts again. Oh, <clears throat> one more thing to use the Hitachi. Exactly. Uh, right. The Hitachi. <laughs> I tell you, they either use uh, – yeah, actually, that is what they so – God bless us <laughs> Cubans. We'll use the goddamn Hitachi for anything. So you put the clay back in the Hitachi, and guess what? You've now – it's almost like mud. Yeah. And then you – and then so you had the sculpture. You broke it into pieces again, you, and now you can reuse the same clay. Oh. <clears throat> the other too. way around – it costs you like 50 to 100 bucks or something for a box of clay. And once you've made your sculpture, that is now done. done. And now you can display it, which I don't know if people do that. I did that with a couple, my first couple. but Well, I mean, you have it there. Might as well do something with yeah. it. <clears throat> or you can try to sell it. And well, yeah, better. there's that. <laughs> but if someone just pumps that thing and it falls over, that's it. It's done. It's well, but that's okay. Once it's <clears throat> sold and it's at their house, that's our problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is their problem at that point. So that's, that, that was the reason why I wanted to, to get into sculptures. So I could see the, the entire roundness of it. But the cool thing was <clears throat> it didn't stop there. Then uh, I met some uh, artists from Spain that mm-hmm. I, I met on Twitter, actually, and I flew to Spain, spent two weeks out there, oh, wow. and they taught me how to spray paint. And so I got into doing murals and, and large-scale. You've done a lot of murals uh, yeah. here in the city. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I just wanted to do larger-scale stuff. And with paint, you know, the textures of the walls, it's a pain, man. Like, <laughs> you're, you're going to go through paint and brushes. Spray paint is the way to go. So <clears throat> you see some of these guys are like wizards with spray cans. So. Yeah. I'm not that level, but I can hold my own, you know, to a certain degree. And it's fun because you can go around the world painting with other street artists when you find artists Oh, that's there. true. <clears throat> and the world is your canvas. Exactly. So I started doing that. And then it was like, okay, now let's go paint at schools. Let's go work, paint hospitals. <laughs> and got like in the whole aspect of doing a lot of just charity stuff with that because – you know, you could do these massive murals and you give kids paintbrushes, they fill in all the shapes and then you go up and clean it all. And now you have this beautiful mural mural that's been touched by 50 something kids and put yeah. their take on it. And it just makes it that much more special, you know, to be able to do that. But there's also a beauty to that, if I may kind of like maybe <laughs> you're probably like, well, duh, or maybe you didn't think about this at all. But given what you told me about, you know, your, your experience in school where, you know, you were the kid who was tactile and they didn't yeah. really understand it. <laughs> There must be something rewarding also to just go back and a class of 50 kids, maybe, you know, you know, there's one of there, there's yeah. a couple of little Alex's in there. Right. I, I, and I, I, and I, they are. Yeah, I, I've gone and done several now <clears throat> where I've spoken at schools mm-hmm. on career day or yeah. whatever. And the first thing I do, and that's why really my focus with my foundation, and all that stuff is always to focus on kids is because <clears throat> I don't want someone to go through what I did. So I'll go and talk to schools all the time. 
Right. And because now I have a name, people will listen. You know, and it was funny. Yeah. You're using your name for good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What's so the name of your foundation? Uh, Pediatric Angel Foundation. Okay. So we focus on a bunch of different stuff. Well, you know, parents and kids are incarcerated. Or, you know, Overtown Youth Center will work with them. Mm-hmm. We partner with a lot of foundations as well. But it's it's kind of like it's a, it's it's a main point where we can fundraise as a foundation, mm-hmm. and then we can use our foundation now to fuel the others. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> because. I just started working with so many foundations and all these people were, hey, can you donate a piece of this? Can that? Like, and it was just, it was excessive, you know? Yeah, like, it's easier to funnel. Exactly. So I started talking and the first thing I told all these kids and I was like, I, I would look at the teacher. I'm like, you guys are not going to like me talking, but <laughs> I'm like, look, there's a lot of them are going to push stuff on you and a lot of them just, they're not going to understand you. And I told my whole story and I was like, I hated my teachers. I really did. <clears throat> and it's because they didn't understand me. And like, I have a painting uh, for a collection that I did called Alexander. And it was 12 self-portraits of moments in my life that got me where I was. And one of the most impactful pieces was the first one I created. It was huge. It's like eight feet by nine feet. And the painting um, has me sitting in a box mm-hmm. with a teacher. <clears throat> she's like, it's kind of like this like screaming mouth with like a, like a uh, has like a graduation hat on yeah, it to show yeah. she's a teacher kind of thing. Just yelling at me. And then in the corner, in like kid like type of font, it says, I'm not dumb, you just don't get me. <clears throat> and I wrote the whole explanation about my whole life on that. And the amount of people that came up to me or parents that came up to me and were like almost in tears. And they're like, this happens to my son and this and this, yeah. like it moves me a lot. It makes me very sentimental when I even talk about it because of that. So when I go talk at all these schools, like that's the first thing I bring up is that like, you know, don't ever feel like you're dumb because you think different, because you want to be a poet, because you want like, don't listen to when your teachers, and I said, I'm like, don't listen to when your teachers try to force this stuff that you don't have interest. Like, do your best at trying to be <clears throat> a good student, get good grades and whatnot, but like, right. get educated, get educated, but, but make it a point to tell your teacher, like, you know, try to get a little bit out of your shell and just be like, look, you know, this is who I am. I, I enjoy right. this. I'm struggling and learning because of this. You know, it really helps when the parents get involved and they're right. like, look, my kids have learning disability, please. Like this is a, if you don't know how to teach them, then put them in a school that can. Like and then help. it's like, <clears throat> because like my mom always told them, a la mala, you will get nowhere with my son. Yeah. So the teachers that knew how to kind of pull me to the side and, you know, I would stay after and they would like, they would stay extra to help tutor me to like help me get better in school. Those are the ones that literally I would eat out of the palm of their hand because they would, they would take the time to get me. Yeah. They made the effort. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of these other teachers, it's like, they're just, they're just there for the paycheck and they make zero effort to try to get, understand their students. And they don't understand like, but it's also hard when you've got like 30, 40 kids. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I know you went to private school, but I mean, as a, product of the public school education no, uh, system it, it's it's very different it is more as, different. as much as they may want to try yeah. and you're right some of them shouldn't be teaching to begin yeah. with but then there are others who it's like i but, can't get to every yeah. kid you but know? nowadays it's such a common problem with you know kids who are autistic there's more or kids who, there's a lot more awareness so now there's a lot more funding not in every school but yes <clears throat> Yeah, in private schools, yes, or some public schools, yes. But yes, you 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 see a lot of these uh, underprivileged schools, mm-hmm. and then you got programs like, you know, you know that half these kids are going to end up incarcerated because that's just that's just the way it is. And then, but you have programs like Overtown Youth Center, who <clears throat> what they do is they facilitate a space so kids after school can go there and learn about music. You know, and they tell them, look, you don't you don't have to just be a basketball player to get out the ghetto or do, you know, to to, to you know, make money for your family. Like you right. can be a manager, you can be a recording artist, you can right. be the guy behind who's pushing the buttons. So they teach that whole backside of things or poetry, art, the business side, really, <clears throat> yeah. in, in what you were saying earlier is and also but the creative side. So yeah. like not only are they giving these kids a safe haven to be at, mm-hmm. but the people there you could see that they put a lot more effort into these kids. And I'm sure a lot of them stay after and help probably tutor these kids and give them that little push in education that they need that they're not getting in some of these schools. But yeah, it's tough, but it really helps that when you have vocal parents who are like, hello, hey, 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 like. Every time you have an advocate, it's always gonna take you further. Because kids, I mean, think about it. If you feel stupid, are you gonna have the 
call it the balls <laughs> to go and tell your teacher like look i i don't understand what's going they're gonna think oh you're stupid no. and <clears throat> most of the time the kids that wind up doing that are called out as disruptive exactly and so that was me so it's <laughs> and that's why you were in the hallway all the time <laughs> no when i got to gulliver like i think the 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 principal, the headmaster, told my mom straight up, like, if you don't medicate your son, we're going to throw him out of the school. So, wow. like, I was, like, on Adderall or uh, whatever those pills Dizzy are. Adderall, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, they had me on all these different things. Like, so I was basically numb. Like, I was being in school. And, like, yeah, I could, like, understand everything that's going on. But, like, my personality didn't kick in until the drugs wore off around 4 o'clock. And then guess what? Right in time for sports. <laughs> <laughs> but you were going through emotions. But then when I got to college, yeah, I was like popping these pills like Skittles because I could read. Like I would never study for the exam. And then the night before, I would take a pill, read an entire book. And Done. I, but then like the, after I took the exam, I was like, <sighs> what yeah. did I learn? I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Like, well, it just... I, I have that whole issue with when kids learn to – what is it? Learn to the test. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I was learning for the test, and the moment I walked out, I was like, I don't remember anything I just studied. And that's how it's always been for me. <laughs> I have to tell you, I did not expect the conversation to go this route, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm glad, yeah. you know, because that's one of the things that I love about having these, these, you know, these conversations is like, you know, I kind of walk in, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm talking to a guy who's an artist, and he's going to yeah. talk about his art, and we did, and it's like, oh, shit, but you're like a person, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, and, and that happens so often where it's like, you know, you come in talking about X, Y, and Z, and then it just keeps going well, most, most, all around. Most artists, I love it. Most artists uh, singers, painters, poets, you know, they always have a story to tell, and that's usually yeah. why they become artists is because, for example, like, <clears throat> I have sometimes a hard time explaining myself, um, and if I do, sometimes I get a little emotional about it, and If you me, could cry, that'd be great for ratings. If you just <laughs> He's <laughs> crying right now. Right now, the tears are flowing. You can't see it. Um, so art was a way for me to express myself without having to explain myself. So that's why a lot of times when I post my paintings on my website and stuff, I usually I, before I never gave explanations. I just said this is the size and this was the title. Right. And the title was like "Woman on Chair." <laughs> you know, like now right. you know I like for example I, I like this collection that's behind me. It was like you know it was a all, all the whole series is based on a quote that was like "Beauty is not in the face; it's the light in the heart." So if you notice, I did these beautiful paintings, and then I defaced all over the woman's face. Why? To attract your oh, attention, yeah. not off of there, but on the beauty of her heart where there's a candle. Like, so like, okay. my piece is starting a little bit more deeper, and I started feeling like, you know what? People really did appreciate the stories of the piece, not so much just like, and as I felt more comfortable and I got more known as an artist, I felt like it was it was important for me to tell that portion of the story. I was going to say, do you feel like that's something that as you've gotten older, you've started to become a little more vulnerable with your art yes in a way that yeah. maybe at first you were again you were painting on the wrong side of the canvas well that's but what, um, <laughs> but you know that's how that whole collection alexander came out right. that was those 12 pieces that uh, dude like i was there all into the night painting like i never painted into the night but like it was a collection that like i had to get out and i was drinking some wine like i got emotional many times mm -hmm. i was crying a lot of times but like because it was all black and white. It was very dark. And I did it all with my hands. I didn't right. use any brushes, like but, fingers. But you had like, to get it out. I had to get it out. And once I did, I felt like a huge weight off my back. And then when the whole story was told, um, it felt amazing. Oh, yeah. Like cathartic. I mean, <clears throat> exactly. like, like a release, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, No, it was, it was amazing. So, so all of your art starts from – I mean, I, I guess there are instances where it's a commission. You know, somebody yeah. will come and be like, hey, I want this with these colors because it's for my living room. I'm yeah. sure. But for the most part, all of your pieces are just because it's something that has just started to like bubble up inside <clears throat> of you. And yeah, I would say um, out of a hundred percent, probably fifteen percent are like commissions. Fifty uh, percent is what I want to paint, um, like by like travel and just inspiration I see okay. as going around the world. And then I would say I don't know where we are on the percentage scale right now. I don't do don't, math. No so. one's keeping track, but mm -hmm. I would say like thirty percent now, or between twenty and thirty percent now, is like things that like I want to get out that I'm feeling and and like getting deeper into like collections. Okay, like yeah, it's something that's just it's not even an inspiration. It's just like yeah. nope, this yeah. is something that if I don't get it out, I'm exactly. So like, there's times where I'm at the office and I'm like, something comes over me and like I could tell my wife I'm like. Uh, I, I'm not even din in dinner. Like, don't bother I'll me. See you tomorrow morning. I'm going to, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I go straight there and I have to get it out. Like, because I don't sketch. No. No, I don't like sketching because, like, I feel like. Really? Yeah, I feel like if you sketch, 
you you're like all this detail is freehand yeah everything's freehand wow because to me like if i had a sketchbook like i would do it and like i might crush it on the sketchbook and then like i'll do it on the canvas and i'm like "Eh, it was so much better here like okay i like to just you want to save it for the canvas yeah and like again like i i just i'm not like a typical artist like i don't sit there in like my dark hall like way like just like scribbling ideas and writing text like it's all just here and it, my process actually is funny. It's like I'll get home and I'll have the idea to want to paint, right? Right. But like it comes out even better if I can lay on my couch and I take like a 10-minute nap, like a little siesta. So I think <laughs> about – I'm telling you, I think about what I want to paint. Love it. And then I'll take a nap. And in my – like I – because I have uh, – I'm like borderline narcoleptic. Okay. Like I can get into REM sleep within two minutes. Lucky you. Yeah. So I'll lay my head down and I'll take like a 10, 15 minute nap. It'll feel like it's three hours, but I'll dream about the piece that I want to paint because I'm thinking about it so much. Super weird how that happens, but I'm jealous. Paintings come to life in my head like that. Sometimes I get, I, I go to, I'll take a nap and I wake up and it's too overwhelming that I'm, I, I, I can't even paint. Like, and then I'm like, I'll go about just doing life and then. Right. I'll be cooking and I'm like, I'll tell my wife, like, you know, I think I'm just going to watch TV. I'll paint tomorrow. And like, I'll lay down and I'll start watching. And then and my, boom, it hits me again. And I run outside and I'm like, and I paint until I finish it. Like I just go, 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 go. Really? Yeah. So you won't come, you won't go I away and come like, back? I don't like that. Really? I feel like if I, if I leave, sometimes I, 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 I might forget something that I had in my head. You lose the moment. I move the moment. So <clears throat> What I'll do is if I want to piece out a painting, mm-hmm. I'll do it in sections. So like I'll put a rough idea of what I want. Okay. And then I'll the following day I'll come back and I'll do like the base colors of what I want and then I'll come back. So like all the ideas are already on the canvas and the colors are all there. Then it's I, I do a lot of like secondary, third, and then okay. and then I'll come back and then I'll do the oils. And then I'll come back and I'll do the highlights and stuff like that. So like, okay, so the layers. Yeah, so I can, I'll okay. split it up into sections, if I want to do that. If not, <clears throat> I, I tell people I said, you know, the reason why it's hard for me to tell people how, how well, the first question is, how long does it take you to do a painting? If I told you that answer, you're gonna associate time with value, dollar value. Yeah. And so like, if I tell you, oh, a painting took me an hour, you're like, well, why am I paying fifteen grand for it? But the problem is, it's like that saying, it's like, no, you're not paying for the hour. You're paying for 12 or 13 years that I've been painting. Yes, you're paying sir. for that time. Yes, sir. For those hours and hours. So the, the, the best way I relate it to people is I say, look, I can paint for six to seven hours straight, 10 hours without stopping, right? Right, right. If I put you in front of a computer and you're typing okay. for nonstop, for no cigarette break, nothing, so see. for eight to 10 hours, you could write a book that's four or five hundred pages, could you not? I mean, by process, by probability, yes. yes. Okay, yeah. so what's the difference? When I paint, I don't stop to have water. I don't stop to eat. So when I tell you it's four to six hours of nonstop, like I can do a painting in the time that I could. Like, imagine you could drive to Orlando. <laughs> this is true. You know what I'm saying? This so like, is true. When you start to put that time, because people think you have to contextualize it exactly. When you think, oh, it took you four hours, they think in their head. Oh, in four hours, I can I can watch a movie. I can go have dinner. Right. Like, you know. Yeah, so no. I would counter it with like, what the hell can you do in four hours? You can't create this in four hours. Yeah. So, that's why it's like yeah. I tell people I go I can run twenty six miles in three and a half hours. Like, right. there's a lot of stuff you could do <laughs> if you don't stop. Right. You know. So, and like I said, I'm one of those guys that when I start a piece, like I go and go like. And honestly, some pieces I've done, especially my larger stuff, like I'll go there and I just, I don't even know what I'm painting. I'll just start on the court doing something. Right, right. And after six, seven, ten hours, I'll sit down and I'll stare at the piece and I'm like, like I'm like, I I came to, you know, and I'm like. like, You're in a trance. Where the hell did that come from? Like, how did I even know to do like. And again, like I, I don't have formal training, so everything I do is like as I go, I figure it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, listen, it has served you well up until now, sir. A lot, of, a lot of people do say because they they hear the way I've st- spoke about certain things, uh-huh. and a lot of the pieces that I do with no formal education, nothing, and a lot of people think that like I have like 
like like almost like God painting through me kind like of a, thing. Like a savant. Yeah. So like a lot of times, like I said, I'll finish paintings and I'm like, like I did this, <laughs> or like I walk by someone's house who has a painting that I sold years ago and right. I'm like, oh my god, I don't even remember painting that, but I'm like, that was really cool. Like, <laughs> like I don't remember. It's super weird. Like if I just go into a trance, I do my thing and I. Now some yes, I remember every single detail because I it was something that was very special. But like some pieces, like once it's out, it's out. I just start flowing and it just and it feels amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's weird. I, I can't explain it. There's a lot of stuff like this. Like I did the Camino de Santiago uh, three times, <laughs> and like I, I I went through churches and I saw I physically saw stained glass moving. Um, I I've had very a lot of supernatural events. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I, um, I, I've, like, I've been to, like, I, in that Camino de Santiago, like, it's a pilgrimage, like, I've been, I went to the top of a restaurant, like, at the top of a mountain, there's no way to get there even by car, so I'd never been there in my life, and one of the guys that was next to me, I was like, I guarantee you there's a water fountain behind this thing, like, I've, I've been here, I've seen this right. place, and, and yet you hadn't, and I hadn't, you hadn't, and there was a water fountain behind the wall, like, which How do you know that? Uh, exactly. How did you, you know, know that? Like, restaurants don't have water fountains. <laughs> right, there, well, there's that, yeah. So... Uh, there's a lot of things like that. Oh, there, ha- goes, there goes my favorite little co-host. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things like that that's happened to me where, like, I do feel that this was my calling. And that's why at such a young age, I was given the ability to draw and doodle everything I saw. Right. And now as an adult with, you know, a name as an artist, what am I doing? I've gone back and I, I've, I'm mentoring kids. I I. I, I constantly teach kids everything i know mm-hmm. um and i and I, le- I give them a voice you know so That's like important you know i i think that i was definitely put on this earth for a, a, a bigger calling mm-hmm. and i think that by me doing all these things and having all these deja vu moments especially all related to a lot of art related stuff i feel like i'm you know they say when you have deja vu it's because you're you're there you're in the place where you're supposed to be right and so i feel like where am I going to go in life with this? Who knows? Uh, I would love to take this career slow and steady, like a Picasso kind of vibe, mm-hmm. like, you know, where I'm painting until 80 years old. I've always told everybody I don't want to be that famous right now. I don't want to be white hot. Uh, white hot you is too much pressure to always maintain perfection. Yeah. Slow and steady wins slow the race, and steady. Right? I like the slow and steady pursuit. I, I like that. I paint when I want. I like that I, you know, don't sell my soul to the devil. I like that. You know, no one controls me. Um, right. I, I when I was saying when I first started painting, I re- reached out to a bunch of galleries, and a lot of them told me, "No, you know, just you know, it's not a good fit," or it was all these excuses, Glad you know. On. And I get it; it's fine. That's what they want to do. And yeah. then as I became a name for myself on my own, then they all wanted to represent me, and I was right. like, "I wasn't good I, enough over uh, yeah, ten like, years, two years ago." I was but, like, yeah. "Now." You know, with social media and, and, and the email database that I have, That's like, true. you know, like galleries are online. And you know what the thing is that most of my collectors, almost all of them, they all want to meet me in person. They want to mm-hmm. deal with me directly. So why would I put my art in a gallery that you know is a middle person and they're going to inflate my prices to a certain degree? And then they'll, and then once yeah. they're done with me, they'll drop me like a bad habit. Basically, yeah. when you're no longer, quote unquote, hot. Yeah. yeah. So I rather just grow up my own pace. Listen, I would eventually like to work with some like nice galleries, some good brand name galleries see, see, where, see, see, see. where they're bringing a clientele that I don't have. Right. But if you're going to be a gallery and you're going to tell me, listen, um, we're going to represent you, but all your Instagram posting and Facebook, you know, you want you to tell all the people that your artwork is at my gallery. And yeah, you're so, doing the marketing. So if I'm going to do all your work, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I paying you for this again? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to give you half of my, my, my earnings. So you can light my painting yeah, in, so, in, a, in a wall. Yeah. So, but like, like again, I, I, I'm not here to shit on galleries, but I just think that well, but, but times no, you, are changing. But you know? I was going to say, you, you, you touched on the fact that like there's a democratization of art now. Yeah. Whereas before you could only go into a gallery yeah, to, to, to see art. these types of, you know, these types of canvases. And now you can go on Instagram. You could be, yeah, you could you be know, on your like, couch and you're like, wow, you're following this guy. Yeah. You can see my whole career. You don't need someone to explain my life story. You yeah. look at my life literally as I live it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need somebody who has decided that yeah. you are cool enough for me to know about. Exactly. And, I, the, and the, I can know about you because I like your, yeah. your art. And the, and the funny thing is, is that 
because I live my way like this, mm -hmm. when I try to apply to scope, I got blacklisted. Really? Even though I, they're like, oh, we, we, you have to be a gallery. So I have my own gallery. I represent myself. I have a gallery. It's a gallery. I started a gallery called Black Hat Gallery. I had a corporation, everything all set up. And still, why? Why, you want my opinion? Why? Because if I give hope to other artists that they can do it on their own, then you can kiss goodbye to galleries. Yeah, you, you, were, you, were, you were mucking up the system. So imagine I couldn't get into a tent asking, saying I would pay 35000 I'll pay $40,000 right now to be in the show. Why? Why not? Why can't I pay to play? Whoa. Right. And it was all this red tape. And I said, you know what? Like, again, screw this. Like, yeah. why do I need to let these people dictate my career or where I want to go? So you know what I do? I put all my attention on promoting myself as much as I can, and I let my artwork do the talking. And you it know, has. I, listen, I, I wouldn't say that I'm the best artist on the planet. Hands down, I've seen some people where I'm like, wow, this guy is run circles. But, but that's subjective. But I do feel that you, I, what I have is I have like a whole package in a sense where like I'm very outgoing. I'm constantly out there meeting people, talking with people. I market myself, I think, very well. Um, I don't have a marketing background, but I think I do a good enough job. I do. You do. <laughs> um, I, can speak to, I can speak to that. You do a good job, sir. And, and you know what, man? Like, I, 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 I think of myself as being very humble. I don't flaunt anything. Like, I'm not one of these artists that, you know, is showing what kind of watches I have in my cars and, like, See. you know, showing, like, this lifestyle that's not real. You know, like, you know, I... You're not doing it for the gram. Yeah, like <laughs> I can go and be like, oh, I could buy $100,000 watches and be like, look at me. But like, Black a. What, what, what am I going to do for the younger generation by doing that? Nothing. It, it, it's you, you, that. And what does that what does that what it does that have to do with your but what does that have to do with your art? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. But <laughs> it's funny that there's a lot of people who follow those type of accounts on social media. And these are artists that I look at and I don't respect them. Why? Because I'm like. Your following is not because of your art. Your following is because of the things you can buy. Yeah, like, the lifestyle. And, 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 and again, listen, to each their own. Like, if that's the path oh, if you want to If it makes you go, happy, knock yourself out. If that's the path you want to go and that's your style, listen, go for it. I, I applaud you. If you can, you know, feed your family by doing whatever it is that you want to do, then do that. I just, for me, I like to be... I, I like to do my own paintings. I don't like to hire people to do my stuff. I like to market my own stuff. Why? Because no one's going to market it better than me. Damn right. I like to meet my clients. Why? Because I'm a living artist. You should be able to break bread with me because why the hell not? You know, like you don't even think about that. It's like, yeah, you're a living artist. Like, you, duh. Yeah. Wouldn't you like, love to like share a cup of wine with Picasso? Like, hell yeah. There's a lot of people who got to do that because he went all the way to 80 years old. Like, not like these Basquiat that his paintings are going for two million dollars, and the guy basically OD by 20 something years old. Like, right. he's he, not here. He didn't have a life. He didn't get to enjoy himself. Right. Like, people almost prided on themselves at the fact that he kind of killed himself. Yeah. Like, the guy was depressed and. Now he's, his art is all over the place going for millions of dollars. And who gets that? Making money for everyone but him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, that's why we say, like, you know, definitely support local living mm. artists. Like, yeah. you know, we, we work really hard. Like, I work really, really hard yeah. to become a painter. You know, and that's, that's one of the reasons why also our Basel, the last couple of years, I've kind of sat on the sidelines a little bit. Because, like, oh, you, we, you we got, like, a, Kanye West doing a show in the middle of the, the thing. And it's like, I busted my ass for months to build up a collection that... Now Kim Kardashian's in town painting something, or or like there's a Tupac hologram in the center of Winwood, like and oh, now yeah. no way, tan lejos. <laughs> we have we have had many opinions about Art Basel. We have expressed <laughs> them on this show. Um, we love art. We love you know. It just got to go back to being about art. But the minute you got a banana with duct tape, <laughs> we're done. Okay, we're we're th 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 we're gonna call that the line. Yeah, you know, like but again, like I said, like I I I. I, I I became a painter because I wanted to fill my walls and then I became a painter because I wanted to express myself and now I became a painter because I think I can use my name for good. Yeah. And in the end, I get to color my walls filled with art. So, Well, you know what, sir? <laughs> I will say I am glad you became a painter because I have, like I said at the beginning of the, the interview, I have enjoyed your work for a couple of years now. Um, Thank you. Like literally when we started this, you were one of the people that I had always 
wanted to have on the show because I was like, well, if I can't use the show for selfish reasons to meet people that I want to meet, then yeah. why the hell even do this? Um, <laughs> but literally sitting here, you know, chatting with you, it's been it's been awesome. Like it's like I said, you know, I, I anticipated coming in and like we're gonna talk about this, and the, I love everywhere that the conversation went because mm-hmm. I think, you know, it shows people that it, to your point. It, yes, the canvas is who you are, but there's also a person behind the art. Yeah, of course. And and now I hope, based on this interview, they have a little bit more understanding of you know the the full the full uh, Alexander <laughs> Mijares package, as it were. So, oh yeah, man, thank you again for for stopping by. I mean, we've been talking for an hour, and uh-huh. I, I it's crazy to me because I feel like I just sat down. Yeah, it is. and you have a one-year-old so i don't want to take up any more of your time yeah, I, keep, I, I keep getting the stank guy he's gotta go to sleep if not, I, probably, I probably keep talking like, <laughs> <laughs> and i would keep going because i'm having a fucking great time but oh yeah, thank you again man and it, you know for for those of you who want to check um him out on instagram it is at mihadis right yeah Mihadis. yeah so and if you and if it's the the mexican singer it's the wrong guy <laughs> not not that mihadis he is he actually is related is he? Yeah, he. So my dad's dad had twenty-two brothers and sisters oh, from, from Spain, from Asturias. Okay. And he, his family is from Asturias, and so is also Jose Maria Mijares, the painter. Yeah. He's also related, but he's like a distant, distant uncle because those twenty-two kids. Okay. Eventually. Eventually yeah, spread yeah. out, but yeah, he. My mom actually bumped into him in a supermarket, and he is related. Like, oh I shit! Don't, I don't physically like have his phone number and call him. See, but, see, but but he is. Of, you go far back yes, enough. Yes, I mean Mihadis is not a very rare name. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, was like, it is a very yeah, rare it's a very name. rare name. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, they must, but I don't want to be that assumption either. Where it's oh, just yeah. like, well, they must know each other. I'm oh, like, yeah. you know, I've never know. met him, but it is a relation. No, I mean, it's not like Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end on that because <laughs> that's a button on it. If I ever heard one. <laughs> okay, again, thank you. All right, brother, thank you. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 